Welcome to Amplify, the Revolution Her podcast, dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and amplifying women's voices globally. Our community is a fierce collective of women who are ready to live the lives they always dreamed they would. Together, our strength as a collective of inspiring and ambitious women is truly unstoppable. I'm Maria Locker, founder and CEO of Revolution Her. And I'm your co-host, Grace Moores, founding partner of Revolution Her. And today we're talking about postpartum careers, thriving in early motherhood with Melanie Rodriguez. Melanie is a mother and social impact connector with a decade of experience leveraging technology and cross-sector collaboration to address inequities. Her experiences range from leading the Canadian Youth Delegation for the G7 Summit in France to being an executive director of an international children's foundation focused on education. Today, Melanie leads Social Impact at Hoot Reading, an innovative social enterprise providing one-on-one reading lessons through their proprietary reading app. As the Director of Marketing and Social Impact and Executive Director of Hoot for All, she aims to improve equitable access to teachers and evidence-based reading programs for thousands of children across North America. Outside of work, Melanie is a board director, avid volunteer, recent MBA, and global fellow at the International Women's Forum. Most importantly, though, Melanie is a partner and mother to two young children who inspire her and motivate her each day. We are so excited. Please help us welcome Melanie Rodriguez. Hello. How are you doing, Melanie? (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you. We're excited. Yeah, we are. And you've done so much. And and we have history going back. We love the work that you do. You're always rooting for others. So thank you for coming on here and sharing your insights, because this is a really important topic today. We, you know, we're touching on early motherhood and the fact that careers really are an issue a lot of times for, for new moms. So we're going to kick things right away as a new mom yourself. We want to know why are you passionate about discussion, discussing this topic and what led you to the realization that more support is needed out there for new moms? Sure. So I think the reason I'm so passionate about it is because it's impacted myself personally and so many other moms that I know. There are so many discussions around the gender pay gap and how we can overcome it. But what we really sometimes forget is how the gender pay gap actually gets worse when you actually start talking about motherhood. So, you know, women make 83 cents on the dollar, but if you're a mom, now you're making 74 cents on the dollar. So there is a very, you know, research driven reason to talk about this, highlighting that there's such a gap for mom specifically to be able to not only re-enter the workforce, but to thrive and to be able to grow their careers with kids at the same time. Wow. That I those numbers are staggering and upsetting and frustrating. And yeah. we've only just started. But I mean, you know, how how do we get to this point where, you know, moms are doing so much of the work and yet completely undervalued and underpaid for the work that they do? It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to hand it over to Grace, though. She's going to dive into the next question. Yeah. So um, 
obviously having support is really key um, and finding that support can sometimes be a bit challenging in terms of where do you get that support from. So I was wondering if you would be able to share um, how you got support as a new mum, where you get your support from and how it's helped you accelerate your career. Sure. So when I first became a mom, I really didn't know where to go to. And I, I had a lot of struggles with trying to balance my career and also motherhood. And so when I had my second child, I knew I wanted to do something about it because I just didn't want to be in this phase of struggling. And so I actually came across the Revolution Her membership. And the thing that really intrigued me was that it was a low time commitment. It wasn't, you know, you have to meet every single week or a lot of other the supports, which really didn't make sense for someone who has a baby at home. And so I joined the membership and I immediately had a call with um, Jennifer from Tellin. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. with, for those who maybe aren't a part of the membership, there's free mentoring and you, there's no time commitment. You can book a meeting with someone. And so I booked a meeting with her and I said, you know, I'm really struggling with ABC in my career. And I was so sure the problem had to do with that I wasn't qualified or that I needed, you know, to improve my skills. And the meeting took a complete different turn. And he said, your issue has nothing to do with you being a mom. The issue has to do with your confidence as a mom. And you need to reshift and reframe the way you're looking at challenges and how you perceive yourself in order to be able to succeed and thrive during this stage of life. And so that you know, was a big aha moment for me. And I had more conversations um, through the Mentorly platform. But I think for me, the biggest support was being able to talk to people like Jennifer, who had been moms themselves, who had been in this situation, but could also see the other side of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Oh, that Jenny. We love her. I know. She's (laughs) amazing. She really is amazing. Um, and the work that they do at Talent, you know, so many women are like you. I mean, I, I can remember I was a teacher and had my kids back to back and I struggled with going back to work. I struggled with that exact question. Like, what am I yeah. doing? What am I as a new mom? Like, why am I struggling to figure out where I want to be in the time that it takes to do what I need to do? Um, and there was no one to talk to. That's actually why we created this community because I had no one to talk to. Yeah. Um, so it, it is so wonderful to hear that you found someone that you could chat with. And that's our hope that, you know, as women, we really need to support one another, you know, whether you're a mom or not, I'm sure, you know, someone going through early motherhood or even, you know, I have teens now mid-stage motherhood is still just as crazy. Um, but it is, it's so important to be able to talk. And so having that support is, is really, really key. Now I want to talk about some of the challenges that you've experienced along the way, because when we first met, you weren't a mom yet, I don't believe, right? No. And you were you were working at a nonprofit and um, you were so very visibly passionate about the work that you do. And I would love to know if there were some challenges that came along the way as you started towards your journey in motherhood and whether those challenges, you know, were a hindrance for you or they actually helped to move you forward in a new path. Sure. So I would say when I first started, they were just straight up challenges. I really (laughs) felt like there were so many barriers and I couldn't understand how other moms did it. Like there were just huge physical limitations. There was not enough time in the day. I went from being the person who was passionate and loved working every hour of the day to all of a sudden 
thinking I was going to be able to do that. And then realizing that is not the case. And motherhood, you don't, you're not working. It's a lot more difficult to work till 10 p.m. I shouldn't say you're not, but it's everything comes with additional barriers. Then there's the energy, you know, my, I was breastfeeding my son to like every hour in the night till he was two. And I was, so I was going into my days with less time and less energy. And so I felt like there were a lot of opportunities that I was missing um, Mm. just in the sense I physically couldn't do it. And so for me, the biggest challenge was really finding that balance because I know everyone says work-life balance, but I think it's more of a spectrum and every mom is going to fall somewhere different on how much time they want to spend on their career versus their home life. And so really being able to figure out how do I thrive while shifting along the spectrum because I just don't have the time I used to was such a huge challenge at the beginning, but it ended up moving me forward because I'm sure a lot of mothers can maybe relate to this is that you actually gain a lot of valuable skills for leadership as a mom. You gain patience and empathy. Anyone with a toddler has a lot of patience. Um, Your time management, you're just forced to innovate new ways to be able to multitask and to be able to squeeze every minute of the day. So then when you start catching up, because you do, it gets easier, then all of a sudden, all of those productivity gains are still there. And so you end up being able to thrive and find something really still apply your passion, but maybe in a way that's easier and more productive and more, maybe a more empathetic approach than you would have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If only I we could that. figure out how to do that. <laughs> There's <laughs> enough moms in the world. If only we could figure out how to do that without going through that mental and physical exhaustion first. Right. I know, but it does make us way more creative. Like you say, it does instill with us and helps us grow in other ways. But at the time when you're living it, it's very daunting and overwhelming. And, yeah. uh, but, but as you say, you develop all these new skills that then carry through, that you can transfer whether it's into your career or other aspects of your, of your life. So, um, but it is a con and it's a question we get asked constantly about juggling work and, and life. And I really don't think there is any balance. And I like your idea, idea of the scale for sure, the because scale, it's, yeah. um, it's, it's a constant challenge. And I know that when we were, when our kids, our kids are at the same age, it was, it was something that we would always struggle with. So um, we had a whole group of moms that would talk about it on the way to school and on the way home from school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So having that community is certainly so important to, to keep you going and making sure that you take care of yourself. So actually I'd like to add in another question in terms of how do you take care of yourself in terms of to make sure that you do, that you are physically, because we've, we've talked, about mentally a lot and we talk a lot about self-care but also that physical aspect what do you do to 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 make yourself strong to get through those hard times so I'm the worst at self-care I'm it's something (laughs) I really struggle with and because I just I love trying to get as much done in the day and so it's something that I would almost get overwhelmed when I would hear about self-care because people would say a shower isn't self-care and I would be like if I could shower alone for five minutes, that would be the best form of self-care for me. And so it would almost seem like this added task to my to-do list that I couldn't get done. And then I was in this mom's webinar and someone just said, I can't even brush my teeth. And I never like related so much than someone saying, I do not have two minutes in the day. And it's so hard to talk to people who are telling me to do an hour long walk 
when I genuinely struggle to brush my teeth. And so I started really, really small with like, my daily goal is I'm going to brush my teeth twice a day, which for a lot of people may sound silly. But for me, that is just where I was at the time. And then every month I would add in maybe today I'm going to try to brush my hair. Maybe today I'm going to try to put on lotion. And so it's still something I'm definitely working on. Um, But I just try to do little things and then trying to identify what's something that fills like my cup and like my energy. And for me, that's baking. And so how do I fit into my schedule to be able to bake cookies or muffins for my kids? Because I know that's something that can fill me up when I feel drained. Yeah. And it's so true. Like we do need to take, you know, your interpretation of self-care can be very different from somebody else's. And it really depends where you are in terms of what you need. Um, And I was reading an article recently. It talked about um, for we need things to relax us, but we always also need things that recharge us. And so uh, obviously sport and activity, physical activity is a way to do that, but also creating something. So whether it's baking, whether it's crafting, whether it's whatever, um, can can actually refuel you. It's that giving that, as you talked mm-hmm. about, fills your cup. So, um, so it's good I to just, incorporate those. Who decided that showering is not self-care? I go yeah. through the same thing, okay? And my, my kids are older now, but but now I've shifted, like they, they're a lot more self-manageable, but now I've shifted, like when I can get stuff done on my computer without anyone being around me, I get as much done as I can. And that might mean I don't shower in the morning when everybody's running around trying to get to school on time. I shower when I finally feel like I've finished what is on my to-do list. And I don't know why that's become a thing that showering is not self-care. If So I just want to say out loud, whatever is self-care for you, like what exactly. Grace said, everybody's got a different version of that. So whether you have new kids, no kids, little kids, furry kids, like whatever it is, um, you know, whatever is that thing that drives you to feel like, wow, I took care of me today. I just put in our our newsletter last week, a comment on like, I'm terrible at self-care too. I really am. If I've curled my hair, I feel like a million dollars. It's a big deal for me. And one of the things I don't do, and if you hear a noise in the background, I apologize. It's my dog. Um, one of the things I don't do is really, you said lotion, like such a simple thing you know, we do it for our kids when they're little, we do it all the time, but we don't really take the time after shower. That was like a huge deal for me to realize that's something I need to do more of. (laughs) So I'm glad that you shared that um, for sure. Now I want to switch things around just a little bit, because I want to go back to this idea of, you know, career as a new mom and finding the right employer is so important. How, how is this something that you can share with others in terms of tips? How do you know you found the right employer during early motherhood? I think there's so much, I don't want to say marketing, but there is a lot of talk about being a female-friendly employer, a mom-friendly employer, and there's a lot of policies that you can have. But for me, a true mom-friendly employer is somewhere where you can work and you feel like you're showing up authentically. So it's going Mm -hmm. beyond, we're going to accommodate you to for daycare pickup it's really making it feel like if I my kid is sick if I need to go to a doctor's appointment there's no guilt there's no like oh no I have to miss work I can just tell my bosses or I they don't honestly ask because they know you know we're all going to have different things that we need to manage and 
They give me the independence and flexibility to succeed in both areas of my life. And so I really try to tell other moms that there are so many great employers out there and you don't need to stick with one that isn't helping you thrive because accommodating you and allowing you to thrive are two very different things. And I feel like every mom deserves an employer that they feel like is allowing them to thrive. Especially now in this day and age of, you know, being able to work virtually, being able to have that flex work, you would think more employers are trying to offer that flexibility to new moms. But time and time again, we hear that, you know, it's, it's a struggle to find the right employer. So I love that you're able to distinguish and share that with new moms. Hopefully there's a new mom listening right now that's thinking, you know, maybe my employer could do better. Is it a discussion you've ever had with an employer or you've just found the right one? I think it's a discussion I've had with both my employers. I was very specific when I was um, applying to jobs. I knew I wanted someone where I could balance both. And it was funny because when the first advice I got when I was applying to jobs as a new mom was hide your wedding ring. Do not mention like do anything like hide anything in your background that is going to or what you're wearing that's going to hint that you have kids. And I think that is what gives us the greatest disservice because there is a ton of discrimination out there. And I have friends and that's why they were saying this. They're like, I've been in interviews and I know you will get discriminated. But I think what I would say is if they're going to discriminate you against being for being a mom, you're, they're probably not going to be a place that's going to help you thrive that you're going to love being at anyways. And so being transparent and part of that is just preparing really highlighting what compensation do you need? What hours do you need? Because that, again, it's different for every single mom. There is going to be a mom who's happy working till 10 PM. And then there's going to be moms who are going to say, I want to finish at 5 p.m. or I want to start work after my kids go to bed. Everyone's different. So I think the more transparent you are in your interview process, the greater chance of success with the employer long term, because then you're both going in on the same page. Yeah, yeah, sorry. That's really interesting. And you go back to that gender pay gap. Yeah. Like, how do you balance that in terms of finding the right employer, but also making sure that you're reducing that, that gender pay gap? One thing I think can be helpful is when we think about where we are in motherhood, and this may not apply for everyone because everyone becomes a mom at different ages, but if we can shift our value from the amount of time we're putting in to whatever our strength is, I think that was a huge difference for me in my career because when I talk about the struggles at the beginning, it was that I went from someone who wanted to work 20 hours a day to someone who ate felt like a lot at the time. And so I really had to think about what is my value proposition going to be if I am going to keep um, advancing my career if I don't have the time. And so even doing just like a personal reflection on what are your key strengths that you can do, something that you can do either better or maybe you can do it faster, something that really fills your cup. So kind of going back to that energy thing, then it's a lot easier to think about how we tackle that pay gap because you're in a role that's setting you up for success. Whereas a lot of roles, the key success factor is how much time you're putting in. And that's a loss. Like you're never going to win that game or it will be very, very tiring to win that game as a mom. That's really great advice. I think there's something to be said for, you know, like going back to working with an employer, even going through the interview process and that transparency that you talked about, There's a, I can remember being in interviews with people who had pictures of their family 
and talked about being a parent, men and women, versus very clearly sitting with someone who did not have kids. And it's like when you have the conversation with someone who has children, there, there's just a different level of understanding. It's not better. It's not worse. It's just a different level of understanding. Everyone has things that they go through, but going through that process of being with an employer, asking for a raise, asking for more flex time. It's really, I love that you said transparency because it's really, it feels easier to do that when you know that you're sitting across from someone who sort of kind of understands (laughs) what you're going through. Yeah. And I think there's also like so many advantages to being a mom. And so sometimes when I talk to moms, when they're in like the struggling phase, when they're thinking about interviews, they're like, well, when I bring up a mom, like if I bring up the fact of daycare and this and this, and they're explaining the story to me, how they're bringing up in the interview. And it's all sounding like a negative. It's Mm -hmm. I need to finish early so I can pick up daycare. Well, that doesn't sound really great to employer, but instead, if you position yourselves as I have amazing kids and I'm an awesome and I'm awesome at time management. So I'm going to flex my time because it's going to make me a more productive, better employee for you. Then all of a sudden it's a strength and it's not even crossing their mind like, oh, no, they're gone for an hour for pickup. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also the way it's easier to say being on the other side. But when you're in the thick of it, if you can find a way to reframe your challenges as opportunities and strengths for your employer, like most senior executives are moms. Like if you're a female senior executive, I think it's like, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but somewhere around 84% are mothers. Just the, the time that you become a senior executive and the time that you're going to have kids is like 20 years. There's a good mm-hmm. overlap there. So position yourself as this is going to help me build relationships and have trust and have something in common with someone. Just as you said, sitting across the table, it's just a different level of understanding. If you kind of double down on those strengths, then it's seen as, oh, maybe I should be paying you more for being a mom because you have so many great qualities versus, oh, we're going to pay her less because she's not going to put in as much time as the other person. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Yeah. 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 I'm liking this. (laughs) Where were you 15 years ago, Melanie? (laughs) I know. You're going to be getting requests for resumes now. Like, how can I turn this into a strength? (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, somehow we're, we're, getting closer to the end. We're not there yet, but we want to know what's next for you. I mean, obviously you've gone through so many different versions of the work that you love to do. Um, What's, what's happening now? What's next for you? Sure. So now I'm in just this really nice sweet spot where I love my employers. They're two moms. Not, uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. (laughs) And the service they do is to support moms. So that also, I think everything kind of right now aligns really naturally for me. So I see myself really trying to help as many moms and as many students be able to access evidence-based reading supports. Cause that's something I've always been passionate about is how do we get more children um, able to access education? And then through my fellowship, I hope to help more parents access resources to empathy resources, because I just feel like our world can be a kinder place. And if we can help the next generation of leaders be a little kinder, then we're all going to win. So I don't have a specific title. I think pre previous to being a mom, that probably would have been something that's on my vision board, but now it's more just figuring out how do I keep advancing impact while also helping the people around me a little bit more. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And I just, I'd love to see this evolution because 
you know, I think you were one of the, you were pretty young when you first started getting our older newsletters with our, our mompreneurs organization. And so it's just, it's like a full circle moment right now. You're all grown up and it just feels like, (laughs) you know, you're just so brilliant in, in your sharing of wisdom. So I really, we appreciate you being on here and sharing what you've gone through as a new mom and hopefully inspiring other new moms who might be listening. Yeah. Really good stuff. Okay. Next up is our rapid fire question round. So these are just fun questions. Um, And as we mentioned before, they can be short or one word answers, or you can go into a bit more in depth. Um, It's entirely up to you. So however you're feeling as the question is thrown at you and I will go first. Okay. So where is your favorite place in the world to visit? Cusco, Peru. I volunteered there in 2012 and I went back five times. It just, it completely changed my life. And I, if there's anywhere that can fill my cup or bring me joy or inspiration, it's, it's there. I'm sorry. Where was it? I heard Peru, but I missed the first part. Uh, Cusco, Peru. So the children's home has actually moved into the jungle, but that's where I kind of associate all the memories. And so I've just met the most incredible family that really gave me the inspiration on everything I want to do for the rest of my life. And so any opportunity I can to go back and see them is always like the greatest opportunity and blessing. Oh, wow. See, travel. I love it. (laughs) Uh, What cartoon shows are on constant rotation at your house right now? Coco Melon. (laughs) Coco Melon. Coco Melon and um, True, which is actually a nice one for any parents who are looking for like it's a Canadian show. And they do a lot of thoughtful thinking. It's nice. I like that. That wasn't around when my kids. Yeah, we're past, but that's good to know. Um, Okay. Guilty pleasure. You can't say shower or cleaning your teeth. Uh, chocolate, definitely chocolate. chocolate. I love chocolate and good coffee. You can never have enough. I probably have them every day. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. If we think back to little Melanie in school, what were your favorite subjects? Math, which is kind of funny because I work in reading and I do marketing and my favorite subjects were math and science. Um, But yeah, I loved, I loved the idea of exploring the world and that there was just so much to unpack. And I was the nerd who would have like stacks of like, here's all the multiplication I did in the summer. Yeah. My goodness. I love it. (laughs) My kids me. Some of that. No, no. No. Um, do you have a favorite app and why? Oh, I just found one and it's very timely to this. Um, I think it's called Headway or Headway. It's a, and yeah. it's space. Um, no, it's, um, it's an app that summarizes books. It's basically, it's all cold. Yeah. Headway. So it's basically nice. any book you can read it in 15 minutes, which is perfect for moms who don't have time. So if you're trying to get the like business principles out of a book, you don't have time for 200 pages. You basically set like a time of like, my goal is to read five minutes a night. And with five minutes a night, they'll be able to like summarize a book for you kind of thing. Wow. Oh, wow. I like that. I, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it counts for old moms too. <laughs> I call myself an old mom because I'm terrible at reading. I pick up two pages and then, okay, I got to check that out. Headway. It's Thank headway. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think this is our last one. What do you wish more women would do for themselves? Love themselves. I just think that's like the hardest thing we can do. We love everyone around us, but I think the more we can care for ourselves, the better everyone will be. Oh, I love that. 
That's thank a good you. place to close out. <laughs> and it's so true. And thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with our, our listeners today and with us. It was really fantastic to have you on here. And for everyone listening, you know, we hope you got some inspiration and some really good nuggets of wisdom from Melanie today. If this episode inspired you, please go and share with someone else, another three women in your life who you think would be um, supported and empowered by what you've heard today. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and like. We can't wait to bring you more stories and more incredible women on our podcast, just like Melanie. So until then, take care of yourself. Remember, there is so much out there for you. And every day is a new day to be amazing. Thank you for being here with us. We can't wait to see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.